what's up guys welcome back to ray of light tv it's sunday we feeling good it's a beautiful day and you already know we gotta do some soul care y'all already knew it was coming i hope everyone who's listening is having a beautiful productive and encouraged day and i hope that you guys are thriving and still feasting on the information that we dived into from last week's episode if you haven't listened to it please go check it out But on our episode today, The Breakdown Part 2, I wanted to answer a few questions that we have about therapy and kind of give y'all a little insight into some things I've been working on and thinking about um, since our last discussion. So let's begin with, why is therapy good? Well, as stated in my last episode, therapy is a constant confidence builder. A quote that I've recently been sitting on is, Confidence helps us to feel ready for life's experiences. When we're confident, we're more likely to move forward with people and opportunities, not back away from them. And if things don't work out at first, confidence helps us to try again. It's the opposite when confidence is low. Therapy gives me the boosting tools, the strategies that I need to take the confidence back in my own life and take the reins back on my mental, spiritual, and emotional health. It's so important, you know? So I'm gonna start with a few questions that we have. Okay, so question one, where to find a therapist and how to know if you're ready? So, And you guys already know I'm always coming with tools, always coming with resources, always researching for you guys. So I found this amazing website called Good Therapy that I want everybody to check out. It's an excellent tool if you're considering a therapist but don't necessarily know where to go to look for one, quote unquote. So here is one tool. Good Therapy is a website that pairs you with counselors nearest to your zip code and presents a wide array of counselors who specialize okay your girl gotcha who specialize in certain behavioral disorders as we discussed in the last episode so if you're questioning or wondering where to find a therapist hit up good therapy and i'm sure you'll find somebody for your needs and also how to know if you're ready now y'all this is a big question to unpack and um i really pride this space to be a very safe space And the only way that you'll truly know if you are ready for therapy is if you know. Although I'm here providing you guys tools, I don't want to push or force anybody to think that this is something that they have to do. Although I encourage therapy, y'all, although I show you the benefits that it's had in my life and how it's caused me to grow, it's baby steps and it's a process. So the only way you'll know if you're ready is if you're ready. But I hope that you guys will, you know, take the dive when you feel comfortable or at least begin working in the steps, which I will give you after I answer these questions to really start getting ourselves ready to begin the big dive (laughs) into therapy. But right now, if you're still at a little toe dip, it's okay. Um, Let me also, guys, partner you with some tools from the American Psychological Association. So. From their perspective, they say when something is causing you distress and interferes with some parts of your life, then therapy is something that you need to do. 
if you're experiencing any symptoms or emotions such as, you know, like common fatigue, feeling overwhelmed, um, rage, anger, resentment, um, agoraphobia, which is a fear of panic attacks, anxious or intrusive thoughts, apathy, hopelessness, social withdrawal. These are the eight signs that they look of, they look to for someone who needs to go talk to a counselor. Now, to partner, of course, Ray's perspective, I believe that therapy should be a part of all of our lives, not only in crisis, but to prevent crisis too. I feel like a lot of times um, therapy is highlighted in um, acts of crisis and it can be very good in those acts, but also I think it's a good tool in preventing crises or managing um, different parts of our health that we just have to manage on a daily basis. And I always partner this information back to our handy-dandy doctor visits imagery because it's really important. We go in for doctor's visits and we go in for checkups because it is a part of the upstanding and upholding of our health. The same goes for checkups and check-ins with providers for our emotional and mental health. It's just more stigmatized. But that's okay because on this platform, we break down stigmas. We use every resource for our building up and we use them correctly, okay? So for those of you guys who who sent me those two questions, I hope that those were good answers for them. Moving on to our next question. How do we pay for therapy? Y'all, this is a great question. Um, I've been doing some research for you guys too and actually experiencing a little bit of this in my own home. Hello, hello. Um, But this is where I found that things get a little uh, tricky, tricky. And when I say tricky, um, I actually just mean this is this is a very case by case basis. Um, so counseling, uh, just like any other medical visit, is covered under insurance, depending on if you have privatized or public insurance. Um, but there will be a small copay after each visit, depending on the type of counselor you have. This is important because knowing the cost of counseling um, and knowing your budget may affect how many sessions you can have per month or per year. For you guys who don't know, um, therapy sessions are usually weekly. Um, So instead of meeting once a week, you may be only able to afford twice a month or maybe you only may be able to afford once a month. Knowing your budget and knowing how your counselor's um, copay affects with your budget is super important because we want to get the most out of our visits. And if we can only meet twice a month or once a month, you may want to communicate that with your counselor or find a counselor who has a lower copay so that you can have more visits depending on your needs. Now, as I stated in my last episode, throwing out some free game. For you guys who don't want to pay for therapy, for college students who want to get help, but therapy is just not a viable option, I get it. And although the copay is not expensive, um, just throwing a little, a, a little personal information out, mine is only $30. So it's not expensive, but for someone who doesn't have $30, it's a lot. Um, so bringing it back to our Bloom app, it's an 100% free therapy app. They go over videos, like they do meditations, you can journal, like it's an excellent resource and it's 100% free. You can find it in the app store and um, I love Bloom. I think it's excellent and I think everybody should have Bloom. Even if you are partnered, I partner with my therapy, but if it's just what you have right now until you can actually get with a medical um or a psychological practitioner and counselor, you do that. Like, it's no judgment. We just want the tools so we can be better. 
So that's answering question number two. Now to question number three. What do I do outside of therapy and how do I manage? I broke this down into three distinct steps for you guys and um, I hope these steps help. Step number one, you're going to need a strategy. You have to go into therapy mission minded. Okay, write that word down. That's our word for today. Mission minded. We are not called and we are not trying to be. It is not my ministry to be in therapy for 30 plus years for the same issue. You have to go in with the mindset of, I understand something may have me a little tripped up right now. I understand I may have dropped the ball. I understand that I may be falling a little bit behind. But I'm going into this office with the intention to receive strategy on how to manage my life and my behavior. This strategy that I go in with should over time become partnered with your own methods and strategies that you will grow to learn about yourself while undergoing this process. We're building confidence, not repetition, guys. And although if you want to be in therapy for 30 years, like, you know, as a tool, as I said, it's a tool we should all have in our lives. That's great. But we have to go in mission-minded so we don't continue to trip over the same things. We should be progressing. That's step number one. You need to have a strategy. Step number two, do your research outside of counseling. What are your goals for being in this session? What do you want to see out of it? What do you want your counselor to help you with? Like You have to do your research. And this also goes into setting a strategy. And finally, step three, take it one day at a time. Y'all, there's no rush. We're just doing a little toe dip. And this stuff takes time. It takes practice and it takes patience. That's question number three. Question number four, what if therapy doesn't work for me? How do I cope? Y'all, I think this is probably the biggest question that I have and like the biggest misnomer that I talked about in my last um, thing is people are always like, well, I don't think therapy is going to work for me. Like I have all these issues. I don't know if anybody can, you know, understand what I'm going through. And that's absolutely right. But <laughs> my answer would be patience. It's an algorithm. Do not be discouraged. If the first time you go into a counselor's office or a therapy's office, you don't like it or you think it's crazy, you don't think it's going to work. And also what you should keep in mind is therapy is not a magic fix and it's also not a quick fix. These things take work. These things take time. It's trial and error. Don't go into it with the mentality of you're going in to fix something or I'm trying to rush to get to this place because you will be disappointed my advice and encouragement to you would be to fall in love with the process of learning. It is a learning process. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to run into some things that are very challenging. You may run into some things that you hate, you don't like. But fall in love with learning to look at every situation as an opportunity. If I'm not liking the information that's being given to me, if I don't like the speed and rate at what we're moving at, voice that. Learn to work, learn to work in ways that, you know, you're making the most out of your time and the most out of your experience. Because at the end of the day, this is your health. You're in control. And finally, for question number five, 
which is another common question that I had, managing medicine with therapy. Um, now, I'm just going to give you a little toe dip into uh, one common form of medicine that's prescribed for anxiety, depression, OCD, and panic disorder. It's called SSRI. Now, SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, these medicinal drugs, um, which I have had experience with, um, these block the reuptake of serotonin into our neurons, so there is more left over in our body. Um, these forms of medicine, um, they're used to increase the serotonin levels in our brain and basically increase our mood, increase our happiness. Um, there are a few common form of SSRIs. They're labeled Selexa, Lexapro, which I shared with you guys on my last video. Lexapro is something that um, I do have experience with taking. Prozac, Paxil, and Zoloft. Now, um, bringing medicine into the equation, and I know I just did a little toe dip. As I said, we're not diving into everything just yet. These are just answering some questions today. Um, but adding medicine into the equation, it's a very personal topic. But it's nothing that should be seen as bad or off limits. It's a tool that is used to help. It's a part of our algorithm or could be made a part of our algorithm. And it's extremely useful. In our next episode, I would like to dive into managing medicine with health and diet because I have been researching and gathering information on how we can actually decrease the amount of neuroinflammation in the brain simply through the foods we eat, y'all. So before we have to use medicine or before we have to, you know, be on these different aids for years or even months, we can try food first. We can try some different things on our diet first. And I hope that I can make it fun for you guys in this next episode. It's going to be really interesting, the things that I'm coming up with. Um, and so, yeah. So that concluded our five questions that I wanted to dive into a little bit for the breakdown part two. Um, I wanted this to be a little bit more free, a little bit more fun, not as much talking and not as long as our last episode, but I definitely want you to go check out um, Let's Dive Into Therapy Part 1 if you have not. Now, before I leave, as I stated um, before I began talking about the questions, if you're not ready to dive into therapy yet, y'all, it's okay. Like, it's perfectly okay to do a toe dip before we do a full dive. I provide information for the wide spectrum of viewers that I have. Some people may be ready, some people may be not. It, it's okay. What we're trying to look for and what we're trying to build is our personal health, well-being, and confidence. A quote that I have been feasting on. And I hope that you guys feast on this information. I want to give you tools that you can really absorb and soak into your bodies. But a quote that I've been feasting on is confident helps us to feel ready for life's experience. When we are confident, we're more likely to move forward with people and opportunities, not back away from them. And if things don't work out at first, confidence helps us to try again. A few weeks ago on my Instagram at Raven Lynn, if you guys aren't following me. I posted a mental health chart that is kind of a first step, or as I continue to reiterate, a toe dip into the discussion surrounding your personal mental health journey. The chart labeled or segmented four different subcategories of health, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. This chart was created as a type of goal setting aid, which I have found is one of the most important things in strengthening mental health. 
you have to have goals and you have to know what you want to see out of your personal health. I would love for everyone listening to please go and check out that chart on my page. Hit the follow button and use this chart as a preliminary aid in your journey toward a fulfilled health lifestyle in your daily life. Our goal word for this episode is fulfilled. Yeah? Goal setting is so important because as humans, we like to see tangible process and tangible progress in the work that we do. Nobody likes doing things for naught. Nobody likes doing work that we don't reap the benefits of. And in mental and behavioral work, it can get very um, easy to fall off and become discouraged because this is work that happens intrinsically. It's not like we can go to the gym and just see 15 pounds drop off of us. This work happens over time. And sometimes it's not likely that we see the benefits later on down the road. So goal setting and incentives are like, y'all, they're like magic in this journey. You know, they're like magic. I've recently began incorporating different incentives and different goal setting techniques in my own journey. Y'all, it's everything. It's so common for us to see different things about mental health awareness, take care of yourself, self-care. But we don't really know what that means. Or we don't importantly know what that means for us personally. So it just gets brushed off as talk. You know, I hear them talking about caring for self. I know it sounds good, but it doesn't really do anything for me if I don't have an understanding of how to partner this language with action to produce real change in my life. This chart, it's a vital step in beginning to realize that growth You need to journal what you want to see in each category and find ways to reward yourself when you honor your goals. As I said before, y'all, I began implementing all types of goal setting and find ways to reward myself amply. I just booked me and my mom massages and facials in April because I deserve it. We deserve it for working hard and taking care of ourselves. I think the biggest misnomer that discourages folks and affects the way our goals interact with our life is we shall only be rewarded for what we do extrinsically. You know, if we get good grades, if we get a promotion on our job, if we do something we can see, we reward ourselves for that. We need to learn how to turn the camera lens into an intrinsic perspective in which we are rewarding ourselves for meeting even our mental and behavioral goals too. You know, something that's began to help me is I actually keep a tally and a point system for my personal goals, which I won't share, but I have some personal goals for my mental behavior and emotional health. And when I'm actively engaging in those goals, I just do a tally. I let those tallies build up and it's a confidence boost to me. It's a confidence boost. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build confidence. If I show myself that I can do this insert goal that may be challenging for you, whatever that goal might be once, if I do this thing once and see the fruits of it through my accomplishment and see the fruits of it, the joy that comes and the strength that comes from it, I am more likely to continue doing it over and over again. 
we got to start building these positive habits and honoring the fact that health and our productivity, they are aligned, not separate. I hope that I shared some very unique and encouraging tools for you guys today. I know this episode was a little bit shorter, but I hope that you guys can really feast on this information in preparation for our next episode where we will be partnering medicine with um, health and food and diet. So I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys, and I hope that you guys will use these tools to thrive. Love y'all. Bye.